Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established. Welcome back to the Men's Divorce Podcast. As always, Scott Trout here, CEO, Managing Partner of Cordell & Cordell. And today we're going to bring you a new topic, something we haven't talked about. And I know it's of importance because really everyone wants to save money. They want to save attorney's fees. That's the biggest problem in divorce and the uncertainty. I've asked so many times, how much is this going to cost? And I've talked a little bit about this topic in our live seminars around the country. And so that's why it's great to bring it today. And we're joined by Chelsea up in Milwaukee. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining. So let's really get right to it. And that is, you know, divorce is expensive. I've always said there are no winners. It's degrees of losing. You know, everybody walks away with less than what they started because first and foremost, attorney's fees, everyone's paying fees. And then second, you're dividing the pie. It's no one's going to get 100% of that pie. And certainly, you know, the fees aren't free. And so there's some ways, I know you want to talk about it today, um, and some strategies to try to control and keep costs down um, and, and kind of have those conversations with your attorney. And I've always, it's funny when people say, how much am I going to spend? The very thing I point to um, is, hey, it, it's determined by one, your spouse, and more importantly, maybe even their attorney, because they may be really litigious. But really, uh, there's other ways to control and other factors. And I know you want to talk about it. One is really the client. And of course, we said the spouse in court. So really, let's talk a little bit about um, one where you have more control. If you're listening and you're taking notes, you're going to be the one that we want to control. And that is yourself, right? Absolutely. And I feel like in divorce, so many people feel like they don't have control. So the fact that this is something that you can take ownership of and you can help yourself both from a a stress standpoint, but mainly a monetary standpoint, you know, being organized, it's, it's a skill that not everybody has, but you know, the, the more responsive that you are to your attorney, and if you're being given deadlines on providing documents, either provide them by said deadline, or if it's not doable, let us know. You know, we want to work with you as a team. We want to give you things that are feasible. And we know you have other things going on in life. So if you can loop us in, if something is not possible, we can modify that timeline. And then you're not being billed for us following up on things. Yeah. I mean, being responsive is so key. And I I talk a lot about that is help yourself. And don't, you know, I don't want to keep following up or I don't want to keep doing this because we do, we charge. And, uh, you know, every time we're having a conversation or I'm picking up the phone as a reminder, uh, I mean, that adds up. And and part of it is, you know, one of the things I talk about is uh, the emotion of divorce. And mm-hmm. it's really hard and very unusual to see a client who brings no emotion to the file. Right. But I guess if you like, you know, I've had clients that are very angry about the situation and sad and hurt, and they let that spill over perhaps, and that can drive costs too, right? Absolutely. And, and we know you can't take the emotion out of it, but whether that's taking the deep breath before making the angry phone call, probably to your spouse, you know, the quickest way to incur costs is to be lighting those fires left and right. And so if, if you can focus on 
I'm going to be angry. And whether you're going to talk to friends, family, a therapist, that's okay. But don't make more work in your case that you maybe didn't need to have. Um, Same thing. You know, I hate to phrase it this way, but not everything is an emergency. And we have a lot of clients that call and say, it's an emergency. We need to file this motion and jump into court. And that might not be in your best interest. And it might overcomplicate things and and obviously incur costs there as well. We want to have that conversation and tell you that's probably not in your best interest. You know, let's think this through, but also honor what you want us to do as your attorneys. So it's like a delicate balance there with that emotional vein too, you know, figuring out what the right avenues are in terms of how do you share that information? Um, is it that you want to put it into an email and think about it before you send it? Yeah. If there were a that blog you want to vent to us, that's okay. Yeah. There's that, there was a movie, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, if you're drinking, you do this text, it's in, you know, there's like a, some sort of like filter that stops you from doing something. And we wish we had that and stop Absolutely. reacting on emotion and hitting send, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, I don't like communication via email or text because it is often, if not always misread, misunderstood, you know, the perception is not reality. You know, some people like to text or email in all capitals, and, or you may say something that will be used. I always say this, you know, I give them the Miranda rights. Everything you say can and will be used against you in the court, in family, in your divorce. Be wary, because as you suggested, I guess, I guess the, you don't want a, a judge to see you at your worst moment. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe justify, right? Calling someone that name, maybe they earned it, but do you really want the judge to read it, right? Right. And, and just, again, that's going to make your case more complicated and therefore more expensive when maybe you guys were on the same page before that, that heated moment. So that that's another area that as a client you have control of is not setting off bombs. <laughs> yeah. And I like, you know, one of the things is, and I've had, it, and I know you have, I'm curious is repetitive conversations with clients. And that is, it's hard to get, I mean, there's, I think a number of factors you think about the stress and, and do I have your attention and are you comprehending? And that's one of the things I talk about a lot with some of our younger attorneys here in my office is look, what you're saying to them is probably they're absorbing and understanding 10% because they're so emotionally charged. They're hurt, they're sad, they're depressed, or they have anxiety. So you need to kind of walk it through and, and limit the amount of conversation, but more importantly, say to the client, hey, when's a good time where you and I are clear-minded, level-headed, let's have a really good logical conversation so we can make good decisions that are informed, right? Absolutely. And and sometimes we think we're calling you at a good time. And what you can do is tell us, even if it's that you're there emotionally, if you've got work going on or you're on the way to pick up the kids and you're afraid the conversation's going to run too long, we'd rather have you say, now is not good. Let's get this rescheduled so that we're not having to talk about it two, three times, or that you're then getting our email summary and you're going, I don't, I don't remember that being said, or I don't remember agreeing to that. I think that's where we have a lot of people have complication is, you know, they verbally say, yeah, sounds good. We send it over to opposing party. And then you're going, whoa, that's, that's not what I thought I was agreeing to. It also sometimes probably feels frustrating that they're getting billed for the phone call and then the email recap. But part of why we do that is we want to make sure that we're all on that same page. But again, if we can make sure that phone call is at a good time for you, then you're going to be probably happier with seeing that recap. 
Yeah. And in some of the other tips, I've talked about it in our 10 stupidest mistakes guys make when facing divorce. And that is help your attorney out, keep a day in the life calendar, keep a day in the life journal. Uh, you know, I want to read it. I want to see what's going on. And imagine you would think, does that affect attorney's fees or can it reduce some fees and some of the work? Absolutely. It definitely can reduce these because worst case scenario, we don't need that journal. You know, you guys reach the agreement. We don't have to get into the nitty gritty of who had what day or who paid what bill. Best case scenario is if we're going to trial, we already have a working draft of an exhibit. Um, The hardest thing is to recreate that timeline six months down the road, especially when we're talking about custody and placement times. It is so hard to remember what day the other parent didn't pick up versus what day you swapped for. So if you're keeping that, that contemporaneous journal or calendar, it's only saving you the headache and also saving the headache of us trying to find those dates um, by going through old emails or phone calls that you had with us. Yeah. It can also really help from the emotional standpoint of like, you're kind of just putting it out there into something that's not another person. Yeah. You know, it, interestingly, um, just yesterday I was talking to uh, our incoming class of law clerks and I said, um, Back on my, you can kind of see over here on my uh, license, it says two things, attorney and counselor. And I mentioned, I said, some of the things is that, you know, we have to have empathy, but I think one of your points is is going to be that be careful about the conversations. We're not necessarily a therapist, right? It says counselor, but we're charging a hefty hourly rate. We know that. And so be mindful of maybe the importance of the conversations that are going to move your case forward rather than you know, soothe your heart and your, you know, your brain, right? Right. And from our perspective is we feel like we want to listen to you because there might be that golden nugget of information. So we're not necessarily going to stop you from talking. Now, if at the, you know, we're getting the idea that this isn't really being fruitful, you know, we're going to advise you because again, we don't want you to get that whopping bill of an hour of our time. And you're going, you just listen to me vent. Um, a lot of times with our clients, we're not trying to be cold by saying, you know, you might want to look into getting a therapist. It's more, we want to make sure that you're getting that emotional output and that it's not, you know, complicating yeah. case or that you're not burning through money that you don't necessarily have to spend on an attorney. Yeah. You want to, I mean, if you're going to spend the money, you want to get, I'm not, I'm not qualified to give <laughs> advice in terms of mental health. Uh, you know, I think there are lawyers that think they know, uh, I'm not one of them. And, but I'm happy to, to listen and help to be that, you know, sounding board. It just, it does, it drives the cost up and mm-hmm. we're all for, at the end of the day, uh, I want them to feel good about the return on an investment. And, Absolutely. and that's why this conversation is so good. And I think it lends us to, or leads us to the next thing is that we talk about a legal roadmap here at Cordell and Cordell and putting together kind of, here's where we're going to go. Here's what the law says. Here's what the result may or likely to be. I'm having that conversation with a client now and saying, hey, we can go to trial. I'm good. You know, that's the one thing I, I, I try to teach lawyers is, hey, it's easier for us to try the case. Many clients get this perception that all we want to do is settle. I'm happy to. I think it's much easier from a client and um, a lawyer perspective. Just put your evidence on. But there's the economics of it. I tell, you know, I talk about my clients, hey, Let's really look at what this is going to cost you and what what a win looks like, right? I imagine there's right. some analysis that you would go through in terms of cost benefit for attorney's fees versus really principal. 
Absolutely. And, and again, I think to reiterate what you said, you know, we're a litigation firm. We don't shy away from it. But if it's going to end with you not feeling like you got your money's worth because we fought over a thousand dollar asset, but you spent twenty five hundred dollars to get there. And I'm just using random numbers. It's it feels like a loss, even if you walk away with that item that was very, very important. And as the client, that is your decision to make. You know, sometimes the principle is much greater than the item itself or, or whatever the trial issue is. And I feel like as a whole, we want to have that conversation early about what is going to make them feel like they're succeeding in their case and is settling for $20 a month difference in child support worth it versus going to trial. And like we mentioned earlier, you know, the court controls certain things and they may say we have to jump through more hoops to have that trial bringing in experts, those cost money. They may say you have to attempt mediation. You're paying for that mediator. So what seems like a very cut and dry, just have the court decide decision isn't always that way. And we never want a client to leave a a trial and going, well, if anyone had told me this is what I would have walked away with, I would have said I'd settle. We want you to know very early on, what is that best case scenario? What is that worst case scenario? What do we think is going to happen? And how much in a ballpark is that going to take to get there? You know, I'm always trying to think of examples for clients and, and people who are listening. And as we think about saving money and trying to work with your attorney, it would be like, again, not to, to diminish marriage and the relationship, but I take my car to the auto body shop or whatever. I want them to fix it. Just fix it. Wouldn't it be nice if they called you and said, okay, there are three ways. We can definitely do it this way and I'm going to save you some money. Maybe take another day or two longer. Or I'm just going to fix it in some more expensive way and I can have it to you here. I mean, a lot of us just, I, like me, and maybe I drop my car off and I just say, just tell me what it is and I'll, I'll pay it because I want it fixed. That's the high price lawyer. We don't work with you. There's no chips to saving money. I mean, I think this is the way the conversation to have. And I've said it at seminars in that sometimes you need to think about this divorce as a business transaction. And that, look, I, I'm going to try to get the best deal I can get. Be logical really take emotion out of it. Because if I'm emotionally involved, those are sometimes the worst business decisions you make. It's like buying a car. When the, when the salesperson says, well, what color do you want? You know, that's when you know you're in trouble because I'm in love with the car and I love this <laughs> color. I'm just going to pay a premium because I love it. So get away from that, right? I mean, that's the, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we've talked about analyzing it and cost benefit. It's really an, a non-emotional, unemotional, logical conversation to have with your attorney that helps drive the cost down. Yeah. And I think too, being honest about what financial means there are to even spend on attorney's fees, both from a setting expectation standpoint, and also we might have creative solutions on other ways to get this paid for. Um, We can also talk about what is the likelihood of the court assigning attorney fees. Every state is very different on whether that's even in the realm of possibilities, because I think that's an important conversation to have as well. You know, there's definitely... If, if your spouse is the one that's racking up fees and we're having to jump through these hoops, we want to talk about, is there ways that we can recoup it or ways that we can keep it lower on our end? But if you have a hard and fast line of, I can't spend over X amount of dollars on this, you know, we, we like to know that so that we can figure out how do we maximize what's available and not meaning that we would use every penny if we don't need to, but we don't want to tell you to go down these roads of discovery with depositions if that's just not even in the monetary ballpark. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of to, to wrap it up. And I, and I, I told this story about, a, gosh, this was 25 years ago. I got a call on Christmas morning 
from a client. And uh, he said, look, my wife just left with the plates and all the, the cups and the knives and the forks. What do I do? And, and I was, I thought to myself, well, okay, now that phone call you just made to me probably paid for what you could have done. I told him, I said, you could have gone to Target, replaced them and not called me and actually been better off than calling me. I mean, it's a great example of, hey, think before you, you panic. Uh, yeah. Is that, are we going to use that? Yes. Are we gonna, ultimately, but don't make that call. And I mean, be logical. It's, it's kind of one of, yeah, he was angry. There was no excuse. There was, you know, for her to do that and we would use it, but don't call me and spend 7250 for that, you know, 0.3, you mm -hmm. know, 18 minute phone call when you can go to Target, just replace it and then tell me later with a bunch of other things. And we're going to use that evidence later, right? Absolutely. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes it is really about the plates and maybe the heirloom and maybe it's worth it. I think most people probably would regret that call after the fact. Yeah, it is. And so, I mean, that's it. So this is, I mean, there's so many ways you can do it. And I think it comes to finding the right lawyer uh, who does exclusively family law that's been doing it. And that we can partner and find ways to try to make this the best economical sense possible. Because in the end, it is expensive. Um, and our interest is to make you happy and, and try to save money. And, and uh, hey, if you want to do the work, some discovery, great. So Right. Uh, great, great stuff, Chelsea. Appreciate it. I know everyone out there is taking some notes and they want to hear more. And so we'll probably have to do a follow-up on this one because it's such a good opportunity for clients to, to really kind of dig in and partner with their journey. So thanks for joining. Thank you. All right. We'll continue to tune in to the Men's Divorce Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. Get alerted every time we drop a new podcast. We have virtual town halls every month. If you want more information about that, that's an opportunity for you to log on and ask questions live of our panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys for an hour. Uh, we do it on topics just uh, generally. So find out more information at CordellCordell.com. Check out our YouTube channel, the Cordell and Cordell YouTube channel. It'll be filled with these podcasts as well as all of the virtual town halls since we started this back in 2020. So until next time, have a great week. <laughs>